episode 18, Patrick and Cyprian discuss how to teach quantum computing in a day. Topics discussed include what physics and mathematics concepts are necessary to form a basic understanding, the mathematical model of quantum computing, the basics of quantum mechanics, and whether to focus on gate-based or adiabatic quantum computing. Welcome to Entangled Things, your quantum computing podcast, hosted by Patrick and Cyprian. Hey, Cyprian, how are you doing today? Very well, Patrick. Looking forward for another great episode of Entangled Things. Yes, this one's going to be interesting. We're, it's just the two of us, um, but we're going to talk about something topical, something that's coming up soon, and it's uh, your presentations in Las Vegas in this December. Uh, you're talking about something that I want to uh, overview on this episode, if possible, which is how do you teach quantum computing in a day so that people come away with enough knowledge to to be useful? And and I think you've taken on that task. You're trying to do it in Vegas, right? Yeah, that's that's a very interesting challenge that that is 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 coming up um, at the Azure and AI conference in in Vegas this December. There is uh, an opportunity to uh, deliver a one-day workshop on quantum computing, and needless to say, I, I jumped on the opportunity immediately as it uh, uh, <clears throat> appeared. Uh, and then I, I started thinking on a more general note. Right, this this is an interesting challenge, after all. It's a big challenge. Um, we are trying to kind of uh, introduce quantum computing and 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 uh, discuss about uh, a huge number of aspects of quantum computing, and we've been doing it successfully already for how many episodes, Patrick? Fifteen, sixteen, something like that. In this, since February of last in, year, in, of in, this year. In this, uh, it's it's close to our one year anniversary. Right? Yeah. What are you going to get and, me? And I'm I'm. <laughs> <laughs> some some great questions. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So what I'd like to do is, if you don't mind, to some extent, an interview of you for about how we're going to approach this, because we've we've nipped around the edges of this with with guests. We've asked this question of guests, uh, and now you're you're taking it on actually in the real world. So the first question I have is, so how much physics is not too much, but just enough? What what physics concepts are you going to have to handle and cover and make sure are understood before you can move on to the next part of it. Yeah, that's 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 part of the challenge actually because when you think about it like if in this particular case you have one day that will essentially translate into something like 6 or 7 hours, right? So what I'm thinking is you need to cover when you teach people, you need to cover all the important aspects without necessarily getting into like deep dives on on specific ones. So, as Einstein said, you need to make it as simple as possible, but no simpler. Ex ex exactly. So it's definitely the discussion needs to start with the, let's say, the mathematical model of uh, quantum computing. And part of that discussion there's no escape. You need to talk, from my point of view, uh, at least about uh, the postulates of, of, of quantum mechanics, right? That essentially uh, form the basis for the entire mathematical construction that supports, uh, supports quantum computing. Okay, uh, you're scaring me already. You're scaring <laughs> me a little bit. Uh, 
And then probably you will need to discuss a little bit uh, on, you know, our very dear to our hearts topic of the why, right? Mm-hmm. And provide at least examples of some of the experiments that kind of uh, uh, helped us uh, get convinced that um, those postulates actually actually work. So if I remember correctly, we did have a dedicated um, episode on on some of these experiments. We so did, yeah. at least at least mentioning a few of them, I think is also uh, is also important. But besides this, I don't think there is too much room um, for for the let's say core physics and core mathematics. Um, no. So I, I would say kind of like that's that's about it. And w- with these, obviously, it's going to be like a 10,000 feet view as well. You can't get into the, the, the formulas. You can't get into the things because um, – But I think a lot of people going to one-day seminar in this aren't, are not going to want that. They're going to exactly. want to know enough. So I think, I think what you're going to see and what, what I think some of our audience will be made up of as time goes on is people who understand that quantum – is going to change the world and they don't need to be, you know, the next Peter Shore and write the next algorithm. They need to understand how it might disrupt their world. And so it sounds like you're going to start with the postulates, like the, the no cloning and, and then you'll dig into um, some of the experiments like, you know, f- you know, the ones with filters or the, um, the double slit experiment. And, and along the way, every physics class I've seen in the first part has to talk about superposition. So is superposition, entanglement, and those concepts part of your postulates part of covering things, or are they are they another section? Oh, definitely. Definitely they definitely they are. In the postulates, right? Yeah, yeah. They they, they are they come out then, of the postulates. But I, I would hundred percent agree with you that they should also be kind of as more or less standalone topics because Essentially, most of the power, if if we're thinking about about entanglement, right? Uh, well, maybe not most, but a lot of the power or the promised power of quantum computing is in some way connected to the concept of entanglement, right? So there's mm-hmm. there's kind of no way around it. But getting back to what you said, I think this this is the very interesting challenge that one has with such a one-day introduction to quantum computing right. is make sure that you cover everything that's important to understand, like where is quantum computing today, but without losing your audience along right. the way. Yeah. So you build a vocabulary. So, you know, superposition is to quantum computing as magnetized or demagnetized bits are to classical computing. Yeah. And then yeah. you talk about entanglement because that's important for uh, being able to do parallelism. And and you can simplify a lot of this stuff. You don't have to, um, you know, know what Niels Bohr versus, you know, Rosen and Podolsky thought about these theories. You don't need the history, but you need the you need enough of it for people to suspend their disbelief. Yeah. And I think you you just mentioned one of the the the, the key challenges here is 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 simplify make, make make sure that you are consistent with the information that you deliver but in the same time right keep it mm-hmm. at a level that will not make people's heads uh, right. spin and then i think the other thing that's important especially given this is an it conference right 
you're probably going to have in the audience a lot of folks who are uh, developers in nature, right? This so, dev intersections, correct? Yes, exactly. Yeah. So they they most probably are going to ask themselves, okay, how do I get to program this thing? So I would say oh, that's that- That's a you, long road. Yeah, you, you need to pretty quickly move from the physics and the concepts into uh, qubits and then into providing specific examples and maybe even uh, providing uh, a lab or something that 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 would help do do that. And okay, so so you start with concepts, and then vocabulary falls out of the concepts. So that way you've got you know a, a rubric for you know people to understand the things you say after that. And then you're going to talk about the like the how they do it, not necessarily you know how IBM is doing it or how Microsoft is doing it, but but you go into the this is how it would be way laid out. You'd set this, you'd do that. You'd kind of basic circuits. Is that, or I think, am I going, am I too far ahead? No, I, I think you are, you're absolutely right. I think the, the topic on uh, how to build the physical hardware should be a separate one and maybe just kind of, uh, let's say- A footnote. Exactly, tangential to to the whole thing because it's mostly around how to get into programming right to the, the 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 quantum computers and also um i think that for for this introductory level what you want to 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 kind of keep is keep the level of abstraction high enough so for instance here what i'm thinking is i i like a lot the capability for instance of running uh microsoft's q sharp uh, language programming mm-hmm. language for quantum in notebooks, right? It's it's Super a low notebooks. friction environment. Yeah. It's yeah. very easy to 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 set up, and it essentially gives you access to a basic environment very quickly, where you can at least start experimenting with some very simple things, but directly from from I, code. I always thought it was nice to see the very first code in Chasm <clears throat> because it's just so simple. It's not as powerful, uh, or maybe it is as powerful. I just don't know it well enough. Um, so maybe the first demo is, you know, a simple circuit in Chasm where you do a Hadamard gate and then you, you know, throw a couple, maybe do a Fourier yeah. transform and do a little Shores algorithm. And yeah. then and then you switch to the, the higher level language because then you see, you know, the assembly version versus the, the higher compiled version. Yeah, um, yeah, totally agree with that. I, so, I think that's the 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 right way to to go about it. So n- not to ask you to reveal too many secrets, but I uh, I always wonder when I'm talking to people when I broach the subject of the difference between general gate quantum and quantum annealing. I think it has to be early to dispel the misconceptions people have. But but what do you think? Yeah, most definitely yes, and so like open with. There's actually two kinds of quantum computers, and they can be confusing. Yeah, and, and, and the that's clear. That's that's absolutely clear. And the other thing is, uh, I if you would ask me like like five years ago, like okay, Cyprian, you need to do a one day workshop on quantum computing. How much time would you allocate to the gate based uh, quantum computing, the universal one versus the annealing one, the adiabatic? Ninety nine percent. Right, I would say, yeah, I would mostly focus on the on the gate based one. Now, reality shows that adiabatic quantum computing or quantum annealing is already used in a wide range of practical 
uh, uh, applications of practical solutions, the number of qubits in in annealing quantum processors is order of magnitudes larger. They just had another announcement. They just they're just going big. Go big or go home. Exactly, exactly. So I would say not even that you need to do the the kind of uh, the discussion very early. But honestly, I'm planning to, let's say, kind of allocate almost equal portions of, of time to discussions and example around gate-based quantum computing uh, and uh, uh, quantum, quantum annealing. I think that essentially reflects a reality. And we've had guests, right, from, from uh, various fields that more or less, I think, support or confirm by what they were saying uh, this approach that I plan to take, um, like the the unconstrained quadratic optimization problems, the the, the kubos, for instance, right, are yeah. already things of today. Well, they're they're not it, things of tomorrow. It's right? theoretical world versus applied. There's actual things being applied to the um, the adiabatic to to the D wave systems. There's discoveries being made now. It we we really can't minimize the 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 general gate because that's going to solve some of the biggest problems in um, in quantum communications and things like that um a lot of people i talk to they're interested in the communication side and that's not what d-wave is doing that's not their side exactly business exactly um but but i agree with you i think i and it's it shows that it's an evolving landscape um i i would didn't see d-wave being this uh important of a player but they're they're ushering in the age where this stuff is useful and that's going to help pour in the uh, research the, and the attention and, and, and people. Okay, so you, you've introduced the difference between, you know, annealing and, and general bait. You've given them an understanding of the postulates and the concepts and the vocabulary. You've shown them some code. And, um, you know, you're not going to, you're going to try to get them to do algorithms. Are you going to actually dive into Kubo's? Or are you going to talk about, uh, where, where, you go, where do you go from there? I mean, you've already burned a lot of the day. Yeah, yeah, but I think then it's it's very important in in both areas, right? To touch the what in my mind I call like the core algorithms, right? Um, it, mm-hmm. When when you talk about universal or general quantum computing, right? Um, talking about, uh, for instance, uh, uh, the, uh, the 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 Shor's algorithm, right? Yep. Talking near about near to my heart. The, uh, yeah, talking about um, the other examples uh, like the Grover search, right? Yeah. And uh, also touching, I think it's very important, touching on uh, the, the general principles on which algorithms must be built in the world of quantum, right? Because you do have some serious challenges, like how do you incorporate existing data into the, the mm. process of running these algorithms, it's it's very difficult. Right? Well, if you're going to solve that, then this course is going to get a Nobel Prize. <laughs> well, yeah, we're not going to solve it, obviously, but we're going to we're going to introduce we're going to introduce yeah. that. And then on the other side, I think the 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 quadratic optimization parts are 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 very very interesting too, because what I found talking to people, even with people with let's say. Uh, moderately or even higher than that level of understanding of, of, of quantum, right? They, they still have a, kind of a hard time understanding, actually, 
how would you, for instance, take uh, an everyday optimization problem, right, and translate it into, for instance, a quantum annealing uh, processor? That's that's not clear for for anybody. And the same applies to when you think about Patrick to. For instance, the factorization problem, right? There is yeah. this misconception that Shor's algorithm solves the factorization problem, Doesn't. which is not true, right? Yeah, it 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 does a order order finding so that then a classical computer can solve the problem fast. Exactly, it does, exactly. It gives you a hint. Exactly, and yeah, I think cheaper. like I I think this is the uh, I I I would say the the towards the final part right this is where um you you get into the you get into the 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 algorithms and 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 things like like that and then i i believe that uh like in the closing part of such a day right it would be very very important to discuss about potential let's say fields of use but not in a very generic approach, right? Like, oh, quantum will solve, I don't know, encryption or whatever, but get into specifics like, okay, uh, and what I'm planning here is take maybe, I don't know, three or four different major areas like security, um, yep. materials, uh, material science. Uh, Those are my uh, big two. Right, machine learning um, uh, and, and and things like that. And then, get into kind of like uh, a discussion on what are folks trying to do uh, with quantum in these fields? What are the expectations? What are the problems? What are the, let's say, misfires uh, and, and, and things like, like that? Well, I, I, of those, um, so, so the security problem isn't going to be uh, severe, it directly impacted until general gate quantum computer evolves further. Quantum Correct. annealing isn't isn't uh, able to 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 perform factorization through shores, and so we're waiting for the the general gate to catch up. The the I thought I had thought back before we did this podcast that that was also true of material science. But we talked to Elizabeta and other people uh, and the people at D Wave, Dr. King. That's not the case. That the material science is already being advanced and revolutionized um by quantum annealing and so that that one probably gets the first the first disruptions from quantum what what do you think about the ai side you've talked about it in several venues is the ai side gonna get disrupted before or after material science is it gonna wait does it have to wait for general gate quantum computing the way security really does well, the obviously the jury is still out on 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 that one, but um, I would say that this will depend a lot on how quickly we can transfer some of the classical problems from machine learning into optimization problems, right? I mean, into optimization problems, obviously that are fit for uh, for uh, quantum computing, especially for 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 quantum for quantum annealing if we manage to do that then we will see disruptions in machine learning i believe quicker if not um it will still be a game of we'll have to wait until general quantum computing 
becomes a more practical and affordable and available thing for that matter. Yeah. Um, and 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 see then um, uh, how how things how things evolve. Right. What's interesting to me uh, is that there are things that are going to come up in the next five years that we can't imagine. If because if we could imagine them, we'd be the ones that came up with them. Things like I, I, I'll go to a very throwback technology that that we all use even if we don't know about it the the redundant array of inexpensive discs or independent discs raid that is used to take five or ten drives and put them into one drive array that's fault tolerant that's a brilliant idea something like that's probably going to come along and someone's going to say well what if we did this and suddenly we're going to be able to read files into quantum in a way that we can't right now so I don't think it's just so that people know, I don't think we're, we're talking about waiting for a revolutionary new technology. We're, we're think we're waiting for someone to figure out a revolutionary way to leverage the existing technology, most likely to just make it happen. And, and afterwards, when we see the invention, we'll be like, Oh, of course, why, why didn't I think of that? Which many of the great inventions are, or do you agree with that? Or do you think that there's, there's going to be a fundamental like invention or technological development before file data can be read by quantum in a way that would enable general use um, scenarios like like machine learning. Even if I would believe the history of computer science would contradict me, Patrick, right? It's yeah. the, 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 the big advantages in computer science in general were always done not by some super duper revolutionary thing that turned the, the world upside down, but by ingenious, uh, innovative, uh, let's say, combinations of things that were already there. And the, 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 the thing that always comes, comes to mind to me is, is the iPhone, right? Uh, back when, when, when it was launched, right, the iPhone had essentially zero inventions built into it, right? We already had the small screens. We already had uh, handheld devices. We already had virtually every single thing that was in the iPhone was already in some form or shape available either as a known technology or as some kind of different product in the market. But it was the brilliant way in which things were put together combined in something that made a lot of sense, that provided some clear advantages, that at the end of the day, I believe, was was the the root cause for the tremendous success of this this particular device. So, and this is- The perfect Mr. Potato Head. Everyone had the pieces, but they put them together the right way. Exactly. And and there's there's no reason for me to believe that, that this pattern will not repeat itself in in the future so i tend to agree with 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 what you say that um uh, the 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 big steps forward will mostly come from uh combining things or looking at things in a different way looking at already existing things in in a different in a, in a different yeah. way obviously um we should not minimize the requirement for fundamental research in this field because there are still many other problems. And one of the topics that we haven't mentioned in this discussion, but uh, it's, it's definitely going to be part of this one-day workshop is around the problem of, of stability, of coherence, decoherence, and error correction. 
right? Yeah. And, 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 and that's, that's a field where, again, I believe big advances in quantum computing will be made by, let's say, um, this techniques. Uh, small improvements, but constant improvements in time. Yeah. Right. I, I don't see this like as a big bang where somebody will come and say, look, we have reduced the error rate from 10 at the power of minus 10 to 10 at the power of minus two. And wow, we solved the problem. Right. Yeah. It's unlikely that will happen. It's more likely to happen along the lines that you mentioned, like, look, this six months, we managed to improve it with a little bit. Next six months, we did another improvement. And in three, five, six, ten years time. All of the sudden, we reach a point where um, it's it's becoming something that that actually works properly. Yeah, and very very interesting. Um, you mentioned it's a workshop. Is that mean that people are going to be able to run a Jupyter notebook and and actually run some code? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, uh, one of the things that that will be super helpful for for me is the the kind of of, of environment. Uh, the um, uh, uh, Microsoft Quantum uh, initiative provides uh, is where you can actually um, deploy notebooks, you can actually run code, uh, and you can act- actually use some of the uh, classical um, computing power that exists in, in Azure in the public cloud to do, uh, to do simulation. So Yeah, they'll, they'll let you do uh, calculations against a simulated quantum computer, which will have idealized results. Yes, but then you can and it will have, run, it will have a limited number of, of qubits, right? Like, right. Uh, for instance, if you talk about, uh, let me think quickly of an example, if you talk about, for instance, the Grover search, right? Um, yeah. You can demonstrate the Grover search over a space of two at the power of three um, states, which involves three qubits, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. With three qubits, there is not that much computing power that you need to simulate. But with eight different states, you can already help people understand the principles of how an algorithm, for instance, like the Grover search, actually works. Yeah, so, it's like the so shell game. <laughs> though, 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 that can be useful. Or the factorization of 15, for example, right? right. Which, right. again, has no practical use for now, but... It, it allows you to, yeah. And the other thing that's that's very useful, um, and I think it will 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 delight the the um, the folks that will will join the workshop are uh, the Microsoft Quantum Katas, right? They yes. the, the the concept is inspired from martial arts, right? For for those of us who are listening, uh, in uh, katas are essentially. Uh, predefined uh, sets of movements where uh, in martial arts, right, you, you train certain capabilities, certain uh, fighting capabilities. Mm-hmm. And the, the name of the game there is that you need to repeat them over and over and over to get they better. They teach and fundamentals. Exactly. And, yeah. and the, the concept was borrowed in the Microsoft Quantum Infrastructure. They have this thing called the Microsoft Quantum Katas, which essentially are uh, a bunch of exercises available in public GitHub repos. So everybody can uh, um, 
take them and run them. Everybody can even contribute to them if, if it's the, the, the case. So I'll uh, reserve a little bit of practical hands-on times to run some of the, let's say, introductory level uh, quantum katas. I, I find that people are super, super interested uh, whenever they are exposed to them. And uh, it's probably going to be a nice addition to this, uh, to this, to this workshop. Um, I was very happy like when they started to popularize the word kata since I've been studying a traditional martial arts since I was nine. <laughs> I would actually like to, to, to pick your brain, Patrick, on, on this topic that is kind of uh, sure. um, on, on my mind with respect to this workshop. But in general is when, when you teach like people um, quantum computing, from your point of view, what would be like the ideal ratio between the theoretical talking like presentation, discussion, and so forth, and practical things like getting your hands on a notebook, running some code, or uh, 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 running some, some, some simulation, some, some circuitry, and, and, and things like, like that. What, what would you say should be like the ideal ratio here? I mean, the ideal ratio is, is higher than probably practical. Um, the, <clears throat> when I took the courses at MIT, they didn't have a lot until later on. Uh, and I'd say it was less than five or 10% of the material was, was in practicum. Um, I'd say if anything where you can get higher than that would be good. Uh, but, but the more, the better, the more you can put somebody in the situation of like solving the problem and seeing how it's done. But there's also some, because it's a beginning workshop, you might have to take, um, let's say you, you manage to get 20% or 30% to be practicum, to be workshop, to be the lab. Uh, I think the first half of it is immune to that because you still got to get the first principles. Do I, what are you go? What are you shooting for? What do you think you're going to be able to get yeah, to? Yeah. 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 My, in my mind, like the sweet spot for such a for such a workshop should be around 25% practical. Yeah. Um, every, anything like, like beyond that <laughs> is, is, is just the, is well, you just end up the throwing bonus. them. It's a balance act because you, if you, yes. if you do too much, you're throwing them to the wolves. If you exactly. do too little, you're just lecturing. A, 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 exactly. And, and as, as the title mentions, it's, uh, uh, a gentle a, but consistent introduction. I, to, I wonder if a quantum computer could figure out the optimum. <laughs> <laughs> that that would be an interesting binary optimization problem. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Um, you know, the sooner the better. Um, like uh, you know the uh, the Quirk uh, website. I've shown you that, and, and you've already known about that before, where you can lay out circuits. That yeah. was fairly when when I saw that you could lay out circuits. And, you know, drag and drop interfaces, that was fairly illuminating. But until I understood some of the concepts, it would have been alien. And so I, I think it's, I think maybe the, after a couple of hours of like getting the basics, that's when you can start running people into the, okay, let's, let's run this code. And then it, I, then I think it's less alienating. It's more familiar. Like, oh yeah, this is, it, it's, it's not easy. Let's, let's differentiate. It is easy to run quantum code right now. It's hard to come up with problems that need solution and then cast them as quantum. That's the that's the thing that most people are going to wrestle with and try to learn over over a, a long period of time. What's it, supremely difficult is to to have these realizations that re um, orient the entire industry, like like Peter Shore had, 
Peter um, came up with a, a way to apply quantum algorithm that just gave us a hint at how to break public-private key encryption. And it, it's really the, the, the revolutionary. It's the reason governments are in, in, interested in this problem. They're not interested in it because they might be able to get better plastics. They're interested in it because they can break codes and they can do secure communications. Um, and so that one algorithm and its discovery are probably the most uh, beneficial for accelerating this. Um, but we need more like that. And that's going to be, you know, that's the pursuit of a lifetime to come up with an algorithm that that changes an entire industry, an entire field. But you can still do real things, optimization problems, um, material science today with D-Wave. I mean, we when we had um, D-Wave on as our guest, they talked about a, 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 an actual physics discovery they made on their system. So um, we're, there's going to be a lot of surprises, I think. That that was actually just uh, that now that you mentioned it, that was one of the um, probably top five surprised information that I I learned uh, through our almost a year experience of doing this this podcast. The fact that they use the D wave processor to do what at the end of the day might turn to be fundamental physics research. That's yeah. That's 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 amazing, right? Yeah, it's right. it's like finding out somebody invented a a, a new um, superconductor with a, a, a an at home chemistry kit. It's like, well, I didn't think that's what that was for. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and I I also believe speaking about this balance, which which is uh, another quite interesting challenge from my point of view for uh, a workshop that aims to teach people quantum in in a day is. With, with almost every single classical computing workshop, you can rely on the fact that folks who attend will have, let's say, the basics of classical computing already laid out, right? Uh, there is, uh, uh, everybody will know how to program in a language. Everybody will understand the fundamental way in which a classical computer works. They will most probably know data structures. They will most probably know some, some core algorithms and, and, and so forth. And the big difference, the big difference with such a, a workshop is that you actually need to introduce first those fundamentals because those are not, and obviously if you, set those as prerequisites, then you will most probably have no attendees at the workshop whatsoever. Yeah. That's why you're so good at this is you understand your audience. That's, that's part of the, that's the first challenge. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's gonna, it's gonna take some, 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 some time to, to, to definitely do that, do that introduction. But yeah. And I, I think like we've, we've covered a lot of this, a lot of this, this, this stuff, which is, is almost like a synopsis of the, the, the agenda. Um, and I think the, the, the kind of the nice kind of, uh, discussion at the end is the one around the, the, the current challenges to actually build these, 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 these computers, Like right? It's, it's, uh, for, for me, it's always fascinating, um, to see how folks have managed to to reach states and temperatures and and all sorts of of of, of let's say uh, create all sorts of physical systems that does uh, they do not even occur like in 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 nature like I'm, I'm thinking yeah. about the dilution uh, refrigerator. Uh, refrigerator right which which yeah. creates temperatures that are uh, at a uh, hundred of the, uh, the the level of a hundreds of the the coldest uh, 
uh, uh, spots in, in in outer space and 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 things like that, right? So yeah. I think that's a, a very always a very interesting discussion. Obviously, you can't drive that discussion at any other level than uh, ten thousand feet, right? Just just overview because it's kind of mind bending what happens in the space. But I always find it fascinating to to discuss about the the successes and the failures that that a lot of folks have in the past maybe 10 20 years uh, of attempting to to build stable machines i it just it just blows the mind the things that people have done with photons and and ions and superconducting materials and it's just <clears throat> it's crazy i i when i i look at these things and again it's that th- realization like well yeah of course you could do that but but having the idea of it in the first place is really the genius. Um, I'm yeah. jealous. I wish I could be there. Um, I know you'll you'll knock it out. Um, we're when is it in, and where is it again? Well, the um, the conference is the Microsoft Azure and 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 AI conference. It's uh, happening uh, December seventh to December 9th um in in las vegas um in the state of uh, nevada the actual workshop is going to be uh right after the the, the conference so this is a workshop that uh, happens at uh, is a post uh, uh, conference workshop and the workshop is uh, scheduled for friday the 10th of of december what uh, hotel is um is the conference in if you know? my memory serves well, I think the conference is in the same venue as it used to be, uh, which is the um, MGM Grand in oh. um, uh, in in Las Vegas. Cool. Well, yeah, it's been and the great. conference itself. Just uh, by the way, the conference itself is 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 a pretty interesting uh, is a pretty interesting conference um with a lot of stuff around as the name implies ai and 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 things like uh things like that yeah i Um, I try to make them as often as i can i was at the one in orlando um that uh you unfortunately couldn't make due to travel restrictions um but i can't make this one actually this is uh let's say the uh organization of this workshop is on a pretty fast forward pace because um, as probably our listeners know, I'm, I'm, I'm based in, in, in Europe. So for the better part of this year, European citizens, uh, because of the, um, COVID-19 situation and restrictions, were not able to, to travel to the United States. We've just learned, uh, uh, a week or so ago that starting November this year, that ban will be, will be lifted. So I will actually be able to, uh, Good. to, to, to travel to the, to the United uh, so States. So I won't get a frantic phone call three days before the workshop that I need to go to Vegas? <laughs> <laughs> well, that mostly depends on, on U.S. authorities. <laughs> Stay safe, man. Don't, don't get in any trouble. <laughs> uh, we think we've run out of time, Cyprian. It's great talking to you about this upcoming event. Um, and, you know, I got to finally interview you. That's got that's awesome. It's been awesome. Yeah, it's 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 always it's always a pleasure. It's always a pleasure, Patrick. And uh I just like to 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 take a moment here to uh kind of reflect a little bit on 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 the history of our of our podcast, right? Yeah. Um I distinctly remember that it was one of these conferences uh a few years ago when in uh, Seattle. Uh we we had our our first very long talk about about quantum and and we, we gathered uh, a crowd 
we got about eight people standing around listening to us. <laughs> that was that was a blast, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, it, it wasn't much, uh, didn't uh, take too much time for us to realize that we have a real kind of shared both interest and passion for for the field. And and then I believe sometimes last year we came up with this idea of what if we translate this into something that we can share like with the, with the outer world. Um, and our first episode, I think it was, it was published, uh, February, um, yeah. this, this, this year. this year. So we're now getting close to the end of the year. Um, and we've and- promised that, that next year we'll re-record the first episodes and start re-releasing them so that they're fresh so that people who want to get the, the basics can, don't have to resort to something that's more than a year old. Yeah or, yeah, or much more and than a year old. Actually, that was one of the uh, <laughs> uh, recommendations, right, that we got from our very first uh, uh, guest, the famous uh, Richard Campbell, who oh, who's uh, a legend of podcasting. Exactly, who uh, himself is is as you say is is a legend in this. He's uh, at that conference too. In in this space, yeah, yeah, yeah. He will he will most definitely be be there. As is Chris Givens, one of our other guests. So one there's of, a one of our quite a reunion. Other- other other guests, yeah, and I I just want to take this this opportunity to say a big thank you to our audience. Um, it's it's been an amazing ride so far for 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 both of us, right? Yeah. And also, I think it's a, a big thank you in order for our support team, our technical team, who yes. are uh, uh, working to to make sure that this podcast gets in the best possible quality to. Uh, to our audiences, so yeah, it's, we just get to show up. It's 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 <laughs> it's so much more fun than I initially imagined, uh, and it's it's great. And I'm 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 sure that um, we're we're going to keep uh, doing this this stuff, especially that uh, as far as I know, we have an amazing lineup of of we guests do. for for the next half year or or, or so. So. Uh, we seem to have um, caught the attention of the giants in the industry, and and uh, it's it's been very a little bit humbling. But we're we're enjoying the the interview process, and and we think everybody's going to be um, happy about what they hear. Absolutely. All right, thanks, Cyprian. I can't wait to talk to you again, but I'm going to have to see you soon. <laughs> see you soon. Bye. Bye.